This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get a chance to talk to Nancy Busani. Nancy is the Executive Vice President and Chief Philanthropy Officer of Common Spirit Health. Common Spirit Healthcare, Common Spirit Health is the largest faith-based system in the country and, and a system known for compassion and empathy and great care, a, a, a fantastic system. Nancy heads up philanthropy. Philanthropy has become increasingly important across the country to making sure the, 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 the mission can thrive, that margins work, that mission works. And as we've often said, as people talk about all the time, they talk about for decades, there is no mission without some margin. And philanthropy has become a critical part of that. Nancy, can you take a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your career and how you came to lead up the philanthropy efforts at Common Spirit Health. Sure, I'd be happy to. And thank you, Scott, so much for having me today. Uh, you gave me a wonderful intro because uh, I completely agree how healthcare over the last several years has changed in a way that's made philanthropy extremely relevant. Um, I joined the organization in 2012, so about 11 years ago. But I only recently came into this role in June as our executive VP and chief philanthropy officer. Prior to that, I had led philanthropy strategy work um, throughout all of our foundations. And so it was an honor to, to be able to take on this next step and see how we might even do more with the work that's so important. I think you know a little bit about Common Spirit. You mentioned quite a bit. I would add that um, I think the scale of our organizations from a philanthropy perspective is one of our greatest assets. Right now, about one in four Americans actually have access to a Common Spirit care site somewhere in, close to, to them in their communities. From a philanthropy perspective, we have 80 separate foundations throughout the nation with just around 300 staff. And I think we're probably most grateful for the 1,500 foundation board directors that volunteer for all of those foundations. They're definitely our best ambassadors and advocates uh, in their own neighborhoods. Uh, over the past five years, we've raised about $1.3 billion from about 60,000 different donors. So I, I agree with what you say about philanthropy's impact. I know it's considered a really important part of common spirit right now. Well, thank you very, very much. And talk about, as you look at running philanthropy at, at a 30 plus billion dollar system, what does that look like? What does the team look like? How much of it is digital? How much is this one-on-one -on -one efforts with big donors? What does philanthropy look like at a system that side? And does every site have their own philanthropy efforts as well, at least at the big not-for-profit hospitals? Um, and it's a little bit of both, to be honest, because we do have, as I mentioned, 80 foundations that are spread throughout the nation. And it's not completely a one-on-one -on -one match between a hospital and a foundation, but there's definitely alignment to our local foundations and the work they do in their communities. I do think that, you know, primarily our local foundations are focused on making sure that their hospital is the best that it can be to serve their communities. Uh, and that might be through 
some of the state-of-the-art equipment facilities. It might be funding to attract the best physicians and nurses. I think that is fundamentally going to always be an important part of our work. But as a complement to that, um, our national foundation is looking much further upstream at all of those social determinants of health that so often are making it difficult for people to be healthy. So it's one thing to treat them when, when they're in need, but to really tackle those big issues. So for example, if I don't have transportation to be able to get to my prenatal appointment, or if I can't take my meds in the morning because I don't have access to a good breakfast, or if I'm temporarily in-house due to maybe economic instability or domestic violence, that makes it really, really difficult to be healthy. So our national foundation is looking much further upstream to these complex issues that need, they need fundraising to move us forward. We know we need to work with donors and partners in our community to really kind of tackle those bigger issues. That combines with our local markets that really are focused on making sure the hospitals and their communities are the best they can be. Thank you. And, and take a moment. You head into 2024. Do you set specific goals for the year for fundraising? How do you look at it? And then what are you most excited about for 2024? We definitely set goals. We are very uh, kind of data-driven shop. We have a national team of about 35 people that our primary purpose is to support our local markets and to guide the National Foundation. So we have a very structured approach to looking at key performance indicators that are um, results based around fundraising amounts about a comprehensive fundraising program that looks at how do we ensure we are, you know, just doing events or just doing grants that we really have a balanced portfolio. We, um, we combine that with a lot of process goals. So how do we look at moves management and ensuring that folks are getting the um, information and the training and the resources they need to be able to put together their portfolio, have the prospect research that they need to be able to move things forward. So a very, a very data-based approach um, that I think kind of is the framework for how we continue to set goals that increase our fundraising year over year. Uh, if I looked at some of the things I'm excited about, uh, I really am excited to see health equity continue. I think that's certainly something we've seen for several years, but what does that mean to us to ensure that not just that people have equal access to quality health care, but that we're, we're removing the barriers that are keeping people from being that? I know philanthropy needs to play an even greater role in that in the years ahead. So I think that's one of the things I'm excited about. I, I think another area I'm excited about is the recognition that um, philanthropy is not just nice to have anymore. It's not just supporting the extras or those projects that are the gravy. It is really helping to alleviate some of the financial pressures in healthcare. I mean, the double-edged sword to that is that as philanthropy leaders, that means we really must, must understand our organization's priorities so we can articulate those to donors. We have to make sure our philanthropy leaders have a seat at the table so that they can do that and they understand the vision and the strategy of what are becoming ever-changing healthcare organizations to meet the needs of our communities. Thank you. And your point on philanthropy used to be a nice to have. Now it's a critical part of operations and making PLs work at large, large systems. It's fascinating that evolution. 
what drew you to this healthcare philanthropy world to begin with? How did you end up in this area? I mean, it's such a great area that mixes mission and business and data and relationships. What drew you to it? Well, I, I came out of education first. And so I was, I was drawn to philanthropy in some ways as a matchmaker between what people, what donors had as a vision for making a difference and what the needs of an organization were. And so my early career started in education and that was really about students, about how do we make sure that they have the ability to to use education as that stepping stone to, you know, a better life. Um, it wasn't that much of a change, really, uh, when I had the opportunity to transition into healthcare. Some of that same, that same uh, impact of how do we make sure that we are helping people to have better lives, better health. Uh, those are they're so connected to me. Um, I think at the end of the day, knowing that the work we do truly is um, changing someone's life is what motivates me. Um, I'll give you one example of a program that for me was one of the very first ones that I got to do when I came into the Common Spirit family. Um, we had started in 2014 with Seed Philanthropy Funds, a program that was around the human trafficking response. Um, and I remember the very first conference we had to launch the program. We had about 200 physicians and nurses and social workers and mission leaders there. And at the start of the program, the question was asked, how many of you think you've had a victim of human trafficking in your emergency department? And there were a couple hands that went up throughout the audience, but as the day's program continued, we had sessions by survivors of human trafficking, by law enforcement, by various experts in the space. So it was a really an opportunity for our team to kind of listen and to learn. And at the end of the day, that same question was asked, how many of you think you've had a victim of human trafficking in your emergency department? And virtually every hand in that room went up. So now we fast forward to 2023, our ED staff in every single one of our hospitals across our entire system has been trained on the signs of human trafficking, what to look for, and how to provide trauma-informed care. We have, and it can't just be us, right? We have over 84 partners throughout the nation that we work together with to combat human trafficking. And this work has been almost completely funded by donors throughout the nation. So that to me epitomizes why I do this work, what the things that can be accomplished to change the face of healthcare and really to change the face of so many people who are struggling in this space. That's, that's what makes me proud to be part of Common Spirit and proud to be part of this, pro this profession overall. But that's an amazing explanation, and I appreciate that that so much. I, what a what a fascinating career, Nancy. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're obviously huge fans of Common Spirit Health. We're huge fans of you and what you do. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Scott. It was my pleasure. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.